No, yeah, we've got anyway, ap.church so, slash events. we got the flock now. Yeah, we got plenty yeah. of ways to, to... But the bulletin, we do it well, and we have it... Um, have Every it available. Week. If but, you'd like to swap flies with it after mass, uh, it is there. But I would like to go maybe maybe for just this episode, maybe go beyond the bulletin. Wow. What? We are going beyond the bulletin. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Bulletin, the official Whoa. podcast of St. Anthony of Padua. My name is Nate Hoffman. I'm the Communications and Development Coordinator here at St. Anthony, and as per usual, I'm joined by Mr. Michael Gormley today. What's up, Mike? Hey, I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning, and I don't want to be here. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing better than that. <laughs> doing better than that. Um, well, thanks for sharing that, Mike. Any particular reason? Were you doing CrossFit or something? Oh, uh, yeah. He leads CrossFit. Yeah, I lead. I lead. I have a small CrossFit Class. studio in my garage. And uh, it Nobody looks comes. like it's very it's very tricky because it just looks like uh, I'm drinking soda and eating donuts at four o'clock in the morning in my garage by myself while crying. But I'm actually doing CrossFit. Well, what's the difference between crying and CrossFit? Uh, <laughs> uh, about two hundred dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You might Thank have you. heard a uh, a feminine voice coming through the airwaves there. That is our very own. Miss Mary Beatty. What's up, Mary? Thanks for joining us. Good morning. I'm halfway through my cup of coffee, so I need a little bit more. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh, we're oh. We're halfway there. We're living on a prayer. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So, Mary, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, Mary is the, what's your title at St. Anthony's? My official title is Coordinator of Adult Formation Faith. and Sacraments. Oh, there there we go. <laughs> well, it's probably difficult because Mary does about 65 different things at the church and has done. Like 64. It's okay. And has done everything uh, in your, how long have you been here? Like 10 Five? years? No. <laughs> She was a fetus when yeah. she was a I'm only 26. No, I started uh, five years ago, uh, like five years ago in a couple of weeks. So uh, I started as a faith formation assistant in children's faith formation. And then I've been working for Mike for five years. So Can please say a prayer. Can you tell everyone really quick? Okay, so we're hiring two youth ministers, right? And they are going to work directly under me. And I just got elementary faith formation. They're going to be working directly under me for the first time ever. So, Mary, could you give them maybe, let's say, one or two pieces of practical advice, what it's like working for me? Um, He's not going to answer your emails. Uh, On time. I'll answer them. On time. Um, So if you really need them, you just have to call them. Um, or, or send him a text saying text. Uh, emergency when it's really not an emergency and say, we really need to talk. And then he'll call you. Um, that's <laughs> the, number one. The and boy who cried wolf there. Isn't there a, a fable about this? Can we learn a lesson here? No, no, you, no you just to do it. Right. Continue yeah, you just to do answer. It. Just even. You just have to do it. Yeah. Um, it's not that I'm ignoring Mary or anyone who works for me. <laughs> There's no ignoring, right? There's just meeting after meeting at which time the thought of opening my email kind of breaks my heart. And that's okay. Not really. <laughs> Not really at a I professional mean, environment. Yeah, but yeah. that's why I have you. The the key is to copy me on it and then I'll handle things. Yeah. So Yeah. 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 No, I am I am heavily dependent on Mary's ability to answer emails and maintain what I consider to be the most life-draining thing that was ever invented in an office. Excel spreadsheets. Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> oh, I dig a spreadsheet. I, I love I, spreadsheets. I, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm by sitting that. next to a certified public accountant. That's and, right. And Mary. So, yeah. Basically Excel spreadsheets are the worst. Oh, that's interesting. So, so um, <laughs> back on topic. <laughs> back to the topic. We started the podcast. So, uh, for me, uh, a newcomer to the parish. Right. Um, 
to take a tour day St. Anthony's, to take a look at all of our ministries, see what we do, why we do them. Uh, last week we had Mike talk about so the youth ministries. So in a way, it's like you're on-the-job training. Yes, six yeah. months later, <laughs> yeah, I'm finally yeah, figuring later. out what goes on here. Um, but... Uh, so yeah, last week we had Mike on talking about youth ministry. This week we brought Mary on. Mary does, a, a, like we said, a bunch of different ministries, but specifically today, a ministry that's close to my heart. The Bulletin. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not I spending a whole episode well. on the Bulletin. Mary does put together the Bulletin, and she does a good job of it. If you don't like it, I don't put it together. Nate puts it together. That's if right. you do like it, I do put it together. I can tell you the funny transitions that have happened over the years to get to peak success that we have right now where it used to take multiple people about 20 hours a week to create the bulletin. And it takes Mary four hours a week to create the bulletin. Less. Less. Oh, she's even oh, Well, let's flex. be honest. COVID. I do use the bulletin, and I'm going to say to all the people who read the bulletin, that's not the only avenue of communications. Why, whatever do you mean? Go check our website. Go we check the flock note. Facebook. Mm. Instagram. Instagram. You know I love the gram. Do you? No, that I don't. sounded painful as you said it. Yeah. Yeah. you know I love the gram. Very clearly I hate untrue. All yeah. media. <laughs> Except for podcasts. I think I'm supposed to say this. Yeah. I love the gram. No, yeah, we've got anyway, ap.church/events. So we got the flock now. Yeah, we got plenty yeah. of ways to, to. But the bulletin, we do it well, and we have it. Um, we have Every it available. Week. If but, you'd like to swap flies with it after mass, uh, it is there. But I would like to go maybe maybe for just this episode, maybe go beyond the bulletin. Wow. Mm. We are going beyond the bulletin. And we're not talking about bulletins today. We're talking about Mary's other ministry, the the marriage ministry, the marriage prep uh, industry, I was about to say. Yeah. Which was what it feels like as someone in the middle of it. um, How long have you been engaged? It feels like years. Um, I know. I get it. Seven months. Seven seven months. months. Yeah. And how, how much longer do you have to go to the wedding? Maybe four months, five months. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it's and so I'm right in the middle of it. I I got I had I've been having great meetings. Well, not just me. My my fiance also attends these meetings with a deacon. <laughs> I hope so. Deacon Joe Mignon, nice. uh, formerly of Saint Anthony of Padua. Classic. They've been great meetings, um, and so I sit through these meetings and I've I've got a lot of thoughts. But Mary, what is your uh, elevator pitch for for marriage ministry? Why why not get engaged and get married the next week? Why the why the ten month engagement process where with with stress and parents and uh, Everyone's invitations opinions and, expectations. <laughs> and opinions? So if someone just got engaged. Mm-hmm. Recommend them the marriage uh, prep uh, courses we do here at St. Anthony's. I think marriage preparation, especially whenever you're looking at it's not wedding preparation, but it's marriage preparation. So. The wedding industry and planning your wedding day and being engaged, a lot of that stress comes from the actual wedding day and the reception and the bridesmaids and the families and the guests and the food, all of that. And I know that firsthand, but I would say marriage preparation, when you go through it, that's what your engagement is supposed to be, preparing you for marriage and going through the sessions to talk about how do we communicate? How do we resolve conflict? How is our, how do we handle our money? How do we uh, deal with our in-laws? How do we, you know, want to raise our children? Those are the questions that you guys should be having way before you get married. And so through the marriage preparation process, you discuss those things um, because it's a lot more painful whenever you get married and you have never talked about those things. Uh, So I would say marriage preparation, it's a great thing for, all those engaged couples because it helps you really focus on your relationship 
and takes the focus away from all the little details and the logistics that don't really matter <laughs> and puts it on building a lifelong marriage. Because Mike and I always say, we don't prepare you for your wedding day. We prepare you for a lifelong marriage. Yeah. And that is our goal. So I think there's a lot of value to it is that you can learn a lot through it. And it actually kind of takes a step out of the craziness of the wedding and helps you actually focus on your relationship with that person. Always. And the big thing of marriage is that word formation. You know, we yeah. use that word a lot, but it, you know, it comes from scripture where God the Father is conforming us to the image of his son, right? And so what does marriage look like? Well, St. Paul in Ephesians 5 lays out that marriage is supposed to resemble the divine mystery between Christ's love for the church, right? And we are meant to embody that that mutual subjection to one another through the beautiful gift of husband and wife. And so much of today's culture is predicated on not I submit to you, you submit to me in this mutual way and assuming mm -hmm. these roles and doing these things for one another, but it's you exist to make me happy and then vice versa, I exist to make you happy. <laughs> but whenever I feel low in that you're making me happy tank, I don't want to make you happy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes this... Um, a domestic partnership for emotional uh, connection. You know, what we call love is not really Christian love. And so part of our formation process is deforming the, the lies and the propaganda and all the stuff around marriage, that it's just about two people who met. They love each other. There's great chemistry. Let's make this public and legal and slap a piece of paper on it that makes it legit. Marriage is the intertwining of two lives for the sake of children, for the sake of bringing everyone to heaven, right? And so it's our duty as a church to make sure that we don't just have a beautiful mass of mm -hmm. nuptials, but to make sure that we're forming people for saints, you know, for sanctity. We have a, one of the first pieces of paperwork, because we just love paperwork, is the prenuptial mm. questionnaire. And I have to separate. I had to ask Nate the, these questions. Nate and Emily, I'm sorry. It was amazing. Um <laughs> But I had to, you have to separate the bride and groom and you have to ask them, you know, these yes or no questions individually. And one of the, it talks about the goods of marriage and if you agree to them and if you understand them. And the first one it asks you is, do you agree to give yourself sacrificially for the total well-being of each other and the marital partnership? And you either say yes or no. And if you don't, if you say no, then wow. we have bigger well, issues. But what happens if you do say no? You don't get married. In the you don't. Church. You don't get to go through the process at all until you get to the place where you're saying yes. Well, you would talk about it and yeah. say, you know, okay, this is the fundamentals of marriage is for the good of the spouses and for the procreation and education of children. And so the next question is, do you agree to share in marital intercourse since marriage involves a sexual relationship? And then the third question is, do you agree to give your spouse the right to have children to see to their educational upbringing? I love. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so blunt and beautiful. And the, I, I just love these questions because these are the foundations of marriage. And yeah. do you agree to make a permanent, unconditional commitment lasting until the death of your spouse? Do you agree to be faithful to your spouse? And then lastly, do you agree to give your consent freely without any force or pressure yeah. from any can you person? Say, can you say yes, no, yes, no? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when we were getting married, my wife, uh, Father Tom, flew up to St. Louis for the vows uh, and it was a beautiful wedding, except for the vows. Father Tom's like, I'm like, was it valid? I'm like somewhat crying, you know. I mean, I had something in my eye. It was air conditioning, and uh, and I'm looking at my wife, and Father Tom says, "I, Shannon Marie Rothkoff, take you, Michael Gormley," and she's repeating it, you know, for richer, for poor, and sickness and in health. No, wait, sickness and in health, better, or worse, richer, poor, whatever the order is. 
And when she got to am poor, she goes, for poor. And kind of said it out of like, <laughs> mumbled it out of the side of her mouth. And I was like, she, she did just a bit made a halfway joke. Through. She had a bit. She did it. She was planning it. She had things sketched out. No, I, it was so funny. I mean, it was hilarious. And everyone was laughing, uh, except for me. Uh, and like, this is a vow. I mean, it, it was pretty funny. Nate, have you picked like, out yeah. your vows yet? Yeah, I'm writing my own. Is that all right? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it is not okay to write your yeah, own Yeah, so that's, I was going to say that these vows are, I didn't think you could pick your, pick your you own. You can pick from There's options four that the options. provides. There's okay. four options in English and two options in Spanish. But so the whole idea of the vows is that it's entering into a covenant. Yeah. That's with, the sacrament right there. You, the vow. You give yeah, each you other w- the sacrament. Yeah. <laughs> right. You and your wife are the, uh, in the same way that the priest, um, Mike, I'm going to need Mike for these and probably Mary as well. Mary and Mike went to what was called Catholic college. I went to what's called the state school. So mm, the priest is the, what of the sacrament of the confession or the Eucharist? Uh, in persona Christi. Right. right mm-hmm. Capitum. Yeah. But, uh, but for marriage, it's not so. Priest right. is only the witness. Right. Correct. And that is a more or less late uh, imposition of canon law, right? Mm-hmm. What we call canonical form that came out after the Council of Trent, really wasn't enforced until the late eight, 1700s, 1800s. There, there are a lot of different marriage ceremonies in the Catholic Church uh, before the the uh, what do you call it um, canonical form that people would marry each other in some sort of public setting, mm-hmm. um, and uh, most of the time it was a nuptial mass because most of the time they were both Catholic, and the churches has always and remains very um, very. I would say stern when it comes to interreligious marriage, mm-hmm. right? You have to agree to raise your, ch- if you're not Catholic, you have to agree to raise the children in a Catholic home. You have to um, get permission from the bishop to marry a yeah. non-Catholic. Yeah. And so, today, yeah. if it's just about sentiments and we love each other and what's the big deal, it's because the single most important thing at the center of your life is no longer going to be shared, mm-hmm. right? And St. Paul calls that phrase unequally yoked in, uh, I think, Second Corinthians, where he talks about marriage to non-believers and it is a hardship for many spouses and people don't realize that because the love that is present kind of overwhelms the differences which it should it's the point of love but every so often we must pull back the emotions and, and really look and that's why i think mary doing the prenuptial interview with the questionnaire mary uh then hands them off to our clergy and they go through or or our wonderful volunteers now who do prepare and enrich which is a compatibility you know, survey, psychology comes in involved, mm-hmm. you know, your mm-hmm. worldview and ideology and all this stuff. And like Mary was sharing at the very beginning, the practicals are just cash money. Like, how do you view finances? And the yeah. one cause of divorce is yeah. financial money. disputes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're not on board or you still try to live the bachelor life with someone in the same home kind of thing, homie, don't play that. And a homie being our Lord. Homie, don't, don't play, play that. that. Yeah, Kevin had to learn that. <laughs> he was He was in his 30s when... Uh, we met, so he had lived that bachelor life. So for he had 10 some plus uh, some habits and stuff. Ha- habits to break, yes, yes. <laughs> His dog in. slept in the bed. I'm just the woman to break them. <laughs> and he, our dog, no longer sleeps in the bed. <laughs> Compromise. No, I mean, I think the whole engagement process in marriage in general is is fascinating because almost everyone does it. You know, it's one of the yeah. few things that we all have this shared experience, except unless you become a priest or an interreligious life. Like, you go through this engagement process. In my experience, I'm from a different state. I won't say it here on the podcast. But um, a lot of my friends who maybe aren't so invested in the mm-hmm. church go through this marriage prep process, and it's, it's a turnoff. Mm-hmm. It's, they get married, mm. and they sign, sign the paperwork, and they get lectured and they have these <laughs> maybe even meet with couples who are 
not attractive in the sense that it's like, I don't want to live their life. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, they go through it and it's like, well, now I'm, I, they don't go to mass anymore. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that what we have as a staff here and as a, a church that does marriage prep well, uh, an opportunity, uh, one of our highest forms of evangelization should be this sacramental process, specifically the marriage process, because everyone does it. And so you have a chance every single time someone calls St. Anthony and says, I'm getting married. What a great way for us to reach out with, you know, with the hands of Christ and, and show them why living a life in Christ will be, you know, worth their while. Well, I think a lot of people complain about how difficult the paperwork is, but it's, it's really not that difficult when you break it down. And if I've had to learn the paperwork, I've had to learn the process and, when you have somebody who's knowledgeable and can tell you exactly what you need, it's it's really not that bad. Um, I think a lot of people run into other churches or, you know, they hear from their, you know, great aunt that you have to do X, Y, and Z, and it's not necessarily true. So there's a lot of misconceptions out there about marriage preparation. And I think it's funny that you, you said your friends kind of had to go through this process and they jumped through these hoops. But I think about it, Gomer, correct me if I'm wrong, the sacraments of service are... Uh, holy orders and marriage, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, Nate, your brother's a priest, right? That's right. How many years was he in seminary before he became a priest? Six years. Six years. Six years, and he uh, breezed through. I mean, that's really quick. That's quick? Yeah. My my friend, uh, Brother Thomas Gonzaga, he will be going through seminary, I think it's, uh, I think, 11 or 12 years total mm-hmm. until he can, from when he started to now. So I think about it, in those two sacraments, you go through immense preparation and they go through like psychological evaluations and all these different tests and they take their vows and they, they have this progress. And so when people come to me and say, well, we want to get married in three months, why do we have to do marriage preparation? I'm like, well, you're entering into a sacrament for the rest of your life in a covenant before God. It takes other people, you know, six to 10 years yeah. to do that. So there is a little bit of preparation. You yeah. Know? And I would just say you're learning how to love one individual person in an absolutely unique way. That Unconditionally. Ain't <laughs> yeah. That ain't easy. No. It just is not easy in order to give yourself in such a way and navigate all those things together. So we don't want to just give you the theology of marriage, although that's what we do. We give you the practicals on how to live the theology of marriage, and we do it in a discipling context. So what that means is we have sponsor couples who have been trained through the sponsor couple program and all this stuff, um, and they assign you're assigned to them, and you meet with them once every few weeks, once a month, whatever it might be, leading up to your wedding, and you cover major areas that couples mm-hmm. need to understand and need to have modeled for them what it means to to live the sacramental uh, lifestyle. For me, I, of course, always back it up from just telling them, you know, the theology of marriage and the practicalness of living as a married couple. I always back it up to the person of Jesus Christ. And if you don't have the cross and resurrection of Jesus at the center of your own life and at the center of your marriage, uh, it is going to be incredibly difficult to live the sacrament of marriage. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what the sacraments are, how they come from the incarnation and redemption of Christ, like what it means to us to live a sacramental lifestyle. So I tell people all the time, if you don't go to church, I'm not going to make your marriage Catholic. Like go get married with the justice of the peace because you ain't living it. Mm-hmm. But if you want it, then you got to want him, right? You got to want Christ. 
You need to have him at the center of your life. You need to belong to Christ, give yourself over to Christ, have a conversion to Christ. I'm in it to help you get there. So that's kind of my, if I interface with the couples at all, because half the time I don't even have to, that's where I come on board, right? The yeah. whole sweep of Gosh. evangelization. As I understand it, marriage is a lot of drudgery that you just, every single Very day, mundane. you are married oh. every day. No, every day you wake up next to your best friend. <laughs> You smile at each other. Stinky breath. Can I can I tell you what happened uh, last night? It was really funny. So me and Shannon just got a king size bed. And oh, just I, how many years have you been married? Uh, going on eleven. My parents and have a queen size bed. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That, so, we got that before we were married. Yeah. We were so like, I think number one tool of a good marriage is a king size bed. King size bed. bed. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially when you have kids, they have places to go yeah. that isn't on top of your skull. But uh, the best part is, so we now have a king-size bed, even though we don't have kids that now invade us for the most part. Oh, that's sad. Uh, <laughs> that chapter's over. But uh, last night, last night, <laughs> I semi-woke semi us both up while in a dreamlike state, grabbed the blanket off of my wife, like full, just grab, and then threw it over me. And I kind of woke up in the middle of doing it. And then she, it totally woke her up, and she's like, he just ripped the blanket, <laughs> like, not just the blanket, like, her side of the blanket way over there. Mm -hmm. I, so then she grabs it and pulls it, and that's what, like, fully wakes me up. And I'm like, why did she just do that to me? And then I realized, wait, why did I do that to her? Then I put my arm down, and I realized she had done one of those tuck and roll things mm. with the blanket that pulled my blanket off of me and wedged it between her and me. So when she grabbed her, she flung, and she gave me like the mm, with the shoulder and the back oh. thing, you know, the mm, right. I'm I'm over here. I'm on my side. I'm blocking you. And I reach down. I go, oh. Oh, here's the rest of my blanket. It's all it's all on the middle, all squished. And it was funny. And then we relived that over a cup of coffee. Can I give you a couple pro tips on marriage? You ready for this? I can't wait. Number what? one, minimum 90 minutes a week of just straight conversation. Mm -hmm. Minimum. Solo. Just you and her. You and her. Yeah, you have to catch okay. up with them. Yeah. 90 mm -hmm. minutes a week. Now, me and my wife, on average, have like 90 minutes a morning. Uh, but that's only because I don't know how to regulate time very well. Yeah, you were up at 4.30 this morning eating donuts about, in your garage. I was garage. four. I was oh, four. four. Excuse me. Excuse me. Rough. Yeah. Me and my wife, all the time, 90 minutes, blah, blah, blah. But we're both external processors. We like we have to talk our, just our day out, everything, right? So, But that's been super beneficial. And then uh, you always put your bride first. Always. Always put your spouse first, even when you have kids. Mm -hmm. Your spouse always has to be first because your kids want to see. They do. They want to see that mom means the most to dad. I've heard that so many times. Yeah, yeah because it's almost first. impossible to do. And that's funny because I, growing up, it's you don't see that. Yeah. And my, um, my parents, it seemed like we were the most important things in their lives. You walk around, my, my, I have a lot of friends with kids, and sometimes it's like, wait, everyone is putting their kid first. Yeah. How do you even enact, when you have a one-year-old, how do you put your spouse first? Well, so see coffee time with wife. Mm -hmm. I hate, mm -hmm. I've hated coffee my whole life. I have learned to drink coffee because my wife said, I always kind of had this image in my head of me and my husband in the morning drinking coffee before the kids came downstairs. So me and her, we, I, I have that. And I got to tell you, it's the best part of my day mm -hmm. is having that time with my wife. But also when the kids come down the stairs in the morning, uh, I have built up this animosity towards them that carries me throughout the day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what I used to do when, when things were really, um, when the kids were young and demands were always happening, I would get up half an hour before my wife and I would spend about 20 minutes in prayer. 
and 10 minutes getting the coffee ready for both of us. Then she would stay upstairs, the kids would come down, I would get them ready for the day, and she would have her 20 minutes in prayer. And then she would come down, and then the, by that time, the kids are already eating breakfast, and they're kind of bouncing up and down, scattering to the winds. We would sit down and have, you know, an hour of coffee together. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you, uh, that and making a vacation, just the two of you, a priority. Mm-hmm. The last time me and Shannon went on a vacation, it was January 5th through 9th, 2020, in New York City and Long Island. And we came home. We had a mysterious illness that knocked us both out. No Girl, way. True story. We were on every public transit. I licked oh, so you totally many doorknobs. You totally had COVID. So many doorknobs. Me and my wife, we always try. We're Every year, we try to do at mm-hmm. least a weekend, if not a week, just together. It's so important. Yeah. And I see that... Um, I hear that too in the, in the in the marriage prep and people tell us that a lot and and I think that's why it's so important to have babysitters to have grandparents around uh, mm-hmm. who are so excited to have the kids you know so you can just d- not dump them off but give them some yeah. grandparent time yeah. and then do your thing so Nate can I give you a piece of advice the yes. week before your wedding yeah. um, so if you're getting married on a Saturday the Saturday before you should go to confession in the morning with Emily because mm. we have Saturday confessions That's here nice. and then you should go to a brunch or lunch and order like Kevin and I went to Republic Grill and we sat on the back patio because it was November at the time and we crushed a whole bottle of rosé and had like all these appetizers and we sat there for like three hours and it was just a great date we weren't allowed to talk about the wedding and we just had an awesome time That's awesome. so you should do that before all your guests come in and make sure you go to confession that's Before awesome. or after the, the bottle of wine? I'm just oh, confession. Uh, <laughs> confession first. Yeah. Yeah, and here's a general tip that I always give grooms and brides, but mostly the grooms and groomsmen, is uh, alcohol and sacraments do not, do not mix. mix. So if you're I shotgunning know. a beer and the priest sees you, you ain't getting married. I, I, I know a priest who has shut down a wedding because he saw the groom with a flask or something that day. Yeah, yeah I walked by Bishop, Bishop Schultz right here at St. Anthony's. He delayed a wedding. I can't remember whose wedding it was. I was a youth minister, and I was doing something at the church, and I walked by, and all these people were irate. And he's like, drink water because I don't care. Yeah. They had to delay it for like an hour and a half because he's like, I have no idea. And he's like, I just had one beer. And he's like, I have no idea that you just had one beer. Maybe you could have had 10 in the parking lot before I saw you. You're sitting there and you're drinking water. And well, and the reason for that is uh, you, you cannot get married if you're in the state of impairment. Yeah. It, the, Correct. The, the, the it would will be not invalid. Happen. Yeah, yes. it, is, it is totally an annulable marriage like that. So yeah. like if you were to say, because when, when we talk about annulments, they investigate that moment of consent and they just say, what could have impaired the fullness of that consent? Mm-hmm. And the consent is the vows, right? right? We call it marital consent, right? So those are the vows. Can you say for sickness and in health, right? So right now one of my best friends, his wife, is uh, dying of um, cancer. And they have five kids, three with special needs. And he's facing all of this. This For two years he's been dealing with this. In sickness and in health, for better or for worse, right? For richer, for poorer. I'm in this with you till death Mm -hmm. do us part, right? And the seriousness behind that gets connected with the shenanigans of our bridal industrial complex. (laughs) Yeah. And it totally robs people of of what the sacrament is about. Mm -hmm. Mary also uh, is in charge of our annulment uh, wing here at St. Anthony. And that is a whole different podcast because Mary has a lot of, of thoughts and it really is 
a fascinating. I, annulment part is of my the, absolute favorite part of my job. Which is a very rare phrase spoken by a Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love it. We'll let Mary come on and uh, and talk about that on another podcast. But uh, Mary, thanks for um, joining us and talking about the marriage uh, prep process. If you have any, if you're planning on getting married, call call Mary. She'll uh, point you in the right direction. She'll get you uh, set up. Thanks for coming on and sharing about uh, marriage prep. Thank you for having me. See you next time. All right, y'all. It's been Beyond the Bulletin. Go check out your copy of the Paper Bulletin today. (laughs) (laughs) See y'all. Bullet, the 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 bullet,